Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Most of them aren't really classes. They're information dumps. And so for you out there, you can't create a course online until you've created the whole format offline. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E, you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. 
For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know, Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, Best Ever listeners, and welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we are speaking with Carla Cross. Carla, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. It's sunny. What can be better? Yeah, it's a little dark in here, but I do have some some sun coming in, so I feel you. So Carla is a repeat guest. She was a guest in our first year, episode 154. So being a repeat guest, we're going to do a Skill Set Sunday episode. But before we get into that, a refresher on who Carla is. She is a licensed real estate professional and author of seven books for real estate professionals. She started investing in single family homes with her husband in the late 70s and is also the recipient of the National Association of Realtors Educator of the Year Award, which is going to be important before we talk about today. She's based in Seattle, Washington, and you can say hi to her at her website, which is Carla with a C dash cross, also with a C dot com. So Carla, before we jump into today's skill set, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on today? Sure. I come from a very closely related field of real estate, uh, music. I started playing piano when I was four and played by ear and then took lessons. And I thought I was going to become a professional musician forever. I have a bachelor's in piano and a master's in music theory, but I couldn't really ever figure out what I love to do in it. And I stumbled into real estate to help my husband when he was between radio DJ jobs. But I found out I love selling real estate. And those of you out there that are selling real estate or investing, you're doing it first because you love it, because there's something about it, because it's a basic security issue. And don't we know that right now with COVID? There's nothing more important right now than the people's security and the security of their homes. So I found I really loved it because music was wonderful, but nobody ever died for lack of music, I don't think. So I went into real estate. I found I loved it. My husband went back into radio, but I stayed in real estate. I became a top salesperson and became a top manager. Then I started teaching classes all over the U.S. and all over the world. And the books that you see in back of me, I actually wrote because I put them together as help tools for my agents first. So that's really how it started. I've mostly done work with real estate agents, but I did write a book. I don't know if you can see it back there, but it was for buyers. Buyer beware insider secrets you have to know before you buy a home. And that was at the time when buyer agency was just starting and there were a whole bunch of misconceptions about it, both from the public and the agents. So that's why I wrote the book, but all the rest of them have been for real estate professionals. Perfect. Thanks for sharing that. So the skill set of today is how to create a course, more specifically how to create a course a seminar that is online. So take it away. Let us know exactly where do we start? If we want to create a course. I think the answer is pretty obvious, but how to actually do it might not be so obvious. Oh, absolutely. Obviously we have to, as I said, I do a lot of speaking. I do a lot of writing. I help real estate professionals become certified trainers in the state of Washington, all over the U.S., and of course, all of us have had to go online. And I just did a webinar. By the way, if you want to see the webinar about some tips on taking your classroom online, you can just go to my website and go to free webinars and more, and you can see it. I'll say it again at the end, but it's a good overview of all the things you have to do. So what I discovered during that webinar was that about 90% 
of the classes that real estate professionals and affiliates, and that would be anybody like title people, all the people that teach the real estate people, 90% were live. We just weren't doing much online because we didn't have to. So all of a sudden, everything's online. But you can imagine it's kind of a fruit basket upset. The problem is, first of all, the classes, most of them aren't really classes. They're information dumps. And so for you out there, you can't create a course online until you've created the whole format offline. Does that make sense? Because if you try to go online with it and you try to use all the gigas on any software like small groups or polls, you don't know where to put them. So you don't want to just buy some software, rent it or whatever, course software, and then start in. You start by actually creating the course. So when you create the course, the first thing you do, obviously, is write down all the stuff you know, and then you organize it. And then you say, how am I going to teach this? So those of you who are watching, of the Zoom calls or courses or whatever you've watched online in the last three months, how many of them have been interesting? How many have been involving? <laughs> like, and I asked the people on this webinar, and most of them were real estate trainers. I asked them how long they could focus on a 45-minute webinar. About 50% said only up to 10 minutes. Now, these are trainers. These are people who want the information. So basically what I'm saying is be really careful not to copy all these people that are doing all these online things are because most of them actually are pretty awful. But I don't have to tell you that. You know that because you've had to watch them, right? So then what you want to do is think, I'm writing this course. And by the way, don't try to dump the whole load. Tell them everything you know. Figure out what you can do. This big rule, 45 minutes only. I think Theo's doing this interview. It's about 20 minutes, right, Theo? It's 20, 25 yep. minutes? Okay. Because that's enough. But you can get away with a course, especially if you have time for questions, no more than 45 minutes. You're going to lose everybody. And you're going to be exhausted. So 45-minute segments. That doesn't mean you have to do a whole course. It's segments. So what do you do? You think about what do I want to teach? What do I want them to walk away with at the end of 45 minutes? Not can I dump everything I know about everything, but what do I want? So think in segments. In the industry now, we call that micro learning, where we're going deeper into something. Now you can do an overview, but you're still going to have to involve them. So let's take a look at how you might involve them then because you don't have them in the classroom. And one of the things that I've discovered by teaching a bunch of real estate people and affiliates is this. We're good talkers. And Theo, you know this from interviewing a lot of us. We're pretty out there. At least when we're performing, we're performers, right? So it's easy for us to get interaction with a group or crowd. But now let's go online. Nobody's really there. And even though I can see Theo and Theo can see me, I don't get that physical energy because we're not really there. So now multiply that by the number of people you've got in your course or class or Zoom call. 
you don't have the energy. So what are you going to do to involve them? So let's say you've got your course. And if you were going to teach it live, you would ask them a question and they would talk. And that's called discussion. Well, if you try that and you got 50 people on a Zoom call, it's going to be really awful. And usually you have to mute everybody anyway, because you know, dumb things happen. You know, they, they go to the bathroom or their kids come in or whatever. So you got to mute them, right? So what do you do? Take that question you would ask and talking about how to create that course. You could put a provocative question right at the beginning. And that question should give you some information as a springboard for you to go to the next thing. For instance, I talked to you about the question I asked, what percentage of your classes you taught before COVID were live? And this was to a whole bunch of real estate trainers. And again, they said 90%. What was that? That was my springboard. So I could go, yeah, and we can't do it now. So what in the heck do we do? Because we can't just turn on the camera and talk. It's death. So you're going to ask a provocative question at the beginning of your course. And to get your answers, you're going to use polls if you can. If you're using Zoom, Zoom lets you use polls. I use GoToWebinar for my webinars. But take a look at all those different platforms. Use the ones that give you the kind of abilities that you need to teach the way you want to. You've got to do more than just talk. So you're going to ask a provocative question. Then you're going to take those answers and you're going to comment. And that's going to lead you to the next section. What else can you do besides polls? Don't beat the dead horse. Don't do too many. Don't do more than three or five in 45 minutes. They won't even respond. I had a really good trainer with me. By the way, when you're doing online, have somebody else there with you if possible to do comments, to read what's coming in in the chat, all that kind of stuff. Well, I have a really good trainer I work with. So she was keeping track of everything. And we were noting, even though, again, these were a bunch of trainers and you would think they'd want to tell us all this stuff. The biggest response we got was 70% of them. They answered. In other words, they answered the poll. Even though I thought those polls were like, hey, everybody want to answer this stuff. So why didn't they answer? Oh, they were doing other stuff. They weren't paying attention. So when you do your polls, no, you're probably not going to get them all, but shoot for a number you want to get because that's going to give you your springboard to go forward. What else can you do? Well, in a live class, hopefully you're going to divide them in small groups and have them do some work. And by the way, learn how to use different kinds of teaching methods besides lecture and discussion. Because you need to have those teaching methods written in your course to translate it to online. It's going to be a little different because you're going to use the software instead of using yourself inside the class. So let's say you want them to work on something. You can divide them into small groups and have them work on something and give you the reports back. That's a really cool thing to do. And one version of Zoom lets you do that. And I highly suggest you do that because, too, everybody likes to talk. So you want to give them a chance to talk to each other, but not always to you because you can't control 50 people talking. So those are just two things that you can do 
when you're doing this online course. So what you always want to do too is as you're watching these courses, and I watch lots of them to see how they teach, not necessarily what I learn about everything, but how do they teach? So watch those and ask yourself, how can I put that in? For instance, the other day, this was pretty interesting. I saw one where the instructor said to people, get out of your chair and go find something in your office or home and come back and tell us what it means to you. I thought it was pretty clever because you know how you sit in the chair and you're like, I got to get out of here. So she literally had him get up, go find something and tell the significance. Now, how could you use that in your course? Well, for instance, if I was teaching how to take my classroom online, because I'd have a bunch of instructors, I could have them go get something like a great book that they've read that they want to share one thing out of it. And then I could have everybody tell us, or I could put them in small groups and tell each other and then have a report. I thought that was very brilliant to be able to get people involved but in a kind of a surprising way, I've only seen that done once and I'm going to do it in some way. So I suggest that you think of things to get them out of their chair. I'm not watching really the time. So you tell me Theo, how I'm doing time-wise. You're doing great. Thanks for sharing all that. So I've got a few follow-up questions. I kind of want to focus more on the first aspect of it because you did elaborate in a lot of detail on the second part, which is actually how you teach it. So you mentioned that... Mm-hmm. Obviously, the first step isn't to find a software, isn't to find some technology to use, but to actually create the course first. You said that to write everything down and then organize it. How do I know if I'm ready to teach a course? How do I know if I have enough information in my head to create a course? Oh, that is a great question. When I said write everything, yeah, I was really kind of making the assumption that we had a lot of information. What's really interesting is all of us are carrying around a lot more information about anything than we think we are. And when you start writing it down, in fact, I eh, can't really grab it now, but I'm going to write a book on how to train and take those principles into online, just like we're talking about today. So when I did the proposal, I wrote down everything that I can think of about the course. Now, it didn't all come from me. Where did I go? I went to the notes on the webinars, the notes I'd taken. So when you're going to do a course, let's say, Theo, you want to do a course and you're going, wow, I know people need to know this, but I don't think I know enough. What do you do? Just like you write a book, you do research. So you go, this is what I like. I don't have enough information in that aspect. So you go do some research, get some books, look on the web, all that kind of stuff. You will surprise yourself. Here's the big mistake we make when we create courses, whether it's classroom or online. We make them too big. For instance, in real estate, people want to write a course on everything you need to know about listing property and I've got an hour. No way. What about instead how to find people who might want to list their property? That's one module. So take those things apart. And think about how deeply you want to go in each subject. As I said, you could be either an overview or you can chunk it down 
and just do a bit of it and then go to the next one. Does that answer that question? About 100%. How do you, do you have the info? One thing, Carla, I know you know this. I know this. Anyone who does podcasts or any sort of content knows this is that you can talk about one thing for way longer than you actually think. You want to do a video on, a perfect example would be the podcast that me and Travis do now where we'll do a blog post that you can read in 30 seconds so you can talk about it for half an hour and get through a third of the blog post. So I think that's something else too. It kind of goes along the same lines of, you know a lot more than you think. And then obviously if you don't have enough, you can research it. So when you say write things down, Mm -hmm. like you literally mean you sit in front of your computer and just start typing it out. Oh Um, yeah. Yeah. I just can't find my list of all the things that I wrote to do this proposal. Because then what I had to do was after I wrote them all, then I put them in some order. That's what I was going to ask you next. So I've got Mm -hmm. my Word document. I've got my notebook Mm -hmm. full of notes. What's the best way to go about organizing it? Well, there are several ways. One easy way is chronologically. For instance, my example of how to list property. Chronologically, the first part would be how do you find people that want to list property? Chronologically is easy because it's through time. You can also do it by subject. Just here's subject number one, here's subject number two. What's challenging is that when you're teaching somebody to do something, you have to be sure to teach them in the right order. I'm just teaching one of my friends to read music who's been a singer for many, many years. And she sung in all these groups all over the world. And she said to me the other day, I can't read music. I couldn't believe it that she couldn't read music. And she'd been able to do this. Well, I bought a book to go through with her. Because I do have a master's in music theory, but I thought, oh my gosh, I can't teach her all this unless I organize it and write it all down first. And I don't want to spend six months. So I bought the book. Guess what? The first thing this book teaches you to read music is the rhythm part. I wouldn't have started there, but there's a good reason why he started there. Mm -hmm. Didn't remember, but he started there. So he started with the very simple principles of reading rhythm, and then he got more complex, and then he goes into reading notes. So sit down and say to yourself, if I'm going to teach somebody to do something, what's the right order? So how do you find out? You try it. I've taught piano and flute for many years, and even teaching instructor development. You learn if you've got things out of order, because people go, well, I don't know that. I can't get that. I didn't understand. That means you weren't clear enough in your instructions and you didn't have them actually doing something with it. So that's a big part of it. I'd really suggest to you too that you take in a how to teach course. I do have an online course and you can go to my website and see it if you want to. But that way you get all the principles I'm talking about. And you're not just guessing at these things. You know, oh, I'm starting this chronologically. And this is what I'm going to put in it. And this is why I'm going to put it in it. And these are the exercises I want. So I don't bore people to tears. Perfect. All right, Carl, is there anything else you want to mention as it relates to creating an online course or really anything else you want to tell people before we conclude the interview? I think no matter what we do today, we're going to do it online, just like you and I are doing this online. And I know the first one we did was telephone, I believe. But we're all going to do these things, FaceTime kind of thing. So no matter if you don't want to really create a course, all of these communication skills will help you 
for instance, I own a real estate company also, and we've been teaching agents how to do online listing and buyer presentations because so much of the agent's work now is not going to be face-to-face. So if you're an investor and you're working with an agent, and of course, having been licensed for all these years, I suggest, obviously, you always work with a great agent that you interview and that you screen. Don't just go to somebody because you saw them. But you want them to have great skills presenting remotely because they probably will. So I ask them that question. Tell me about the skills that you've got presenting. Do you have an online presentation? Show me. Because all heck can break loose if they don't know what they're doing and they're in your hands. So you learn this stuff to some extent so you you can pass it on. The other thing that I'd say, doesn't have to do with, with courses, but as Theo said, we've owned different kind of rentals for a number of years. And I said, everybody's in security issues now. So with your tenants, be very kind to them, help them out any way you can. They will never forget you that way. It's really important right now. I'm finding that I'm doing a lot of things for tenants, not because I have to, but because I want to. And what I've also found is they really, really are responsive to that. They would really do anything for me and anything to stay there. So that's kind of advice to you just as a human being and as an investor or a landlord. Thanks for sharing both pieces of advice. So Carla, thanks for joining us. You told us how to create an online course. Mentioned first to actually create the course, which involves writing everything down and organizing it. Give us examples of organizing. And even if you think you don't have enough information to do a course, first try writing it all out. And even if you don't know anything or don't know enough, you can always go out there and do research. That's what everyone does. Whether they know things or not, they're going to have to do some sort of research to do a course. So don't feel bad or like an imposter if you're doing research. And then the second step is to figure out the best way to teach it, to get the information out there. You gave us a lot of really good tips. But I think the best one you gave with the first two of them were one, don't do a massive dump. Keep it short and then have no problem doing a 10-part course to keep things concise. And the second thing was some of the creative ways to get the audience involved when doing an online course. You said put provocative questions and then have a poll divide them up and have them do different exercises and report back, have them do things that gets them out of their chair with the example of finding a book or something in their house to talk about. You mentioned at the beginning that if you go to your website, Carla with a C dash cross.com, she has a free webinar where you can, I would imagine, go into more details on this in 45 minutes. So (laughs) um, make sure you check that out at her website. Again, thank you for joining us. Best of listeners as always. Thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Right. Thank you, Theo. It was great. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.